a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the KSL Home Show, brought to you by Ozma Designs. We open the doors for local home buyers and sellers with a fast-moving show about Utah real estate and home design. Here's Heather Osmond and Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome on into the home show this week. Thank you for joining us. Happy as always to be with you on a weekend where we get to talk about Utah's real estate market, uh, interior design with Heather Osmond of Osmond Designs. Heather, how are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you, Lindsay? Good so to see you. Good. So good to be with you. Okay, Utah's real estate market is hot, but we also have a crisis on our hands of affordable housing. So it's interesting that those two things are conflicting out there. It sure is. And that is, de- that is definitely a hot topic across the state of Utah. Of course, we all want affordable housing, but not in our backyard. Um, a lot of people are are talking about the apartments, the condos, you know, and the, the type of people that that brings, the rent rental aspect as part of that. Today, we have Drew Armstrong here with us. Today, we have Drew Armstrong on the show with us. Welcome back, Drew. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. You are one of the owners of UtahRealEstate.net. You yes. and Matthew Flinders today. Where's Flinders? I know. Where is Flinders today? He's making jokes elsewhere. Oh, yes. Tell him we miss him. He is probably working with clients. Good on him. I think he is. Good. Uh, Drew, yes. let's talk about this. You have so much experience with not only planning commission, um, city council, you are a developer. Your full-time job is to help buyers, sellers, and investors here in Utah. You're one of the best. Give us your perspective on what's going on here. Oh, thank you. I, um, you know, we've sold a couple of properties recently that I do want to kind of talk about what the what what the experience was like for the sellers um, out in Daybreak, um, where we we're getting multiple offers every single time. Every single time the market actually slowed down just a little bit in September and October, and it's picked right back up to where it was before. And um, so I do want to talk a, a little bit about what expectations are as far as that goes and what pricing is like and, and um, you know, what the economists that work for the U have, have projected our appreciation is going to be this year versus what it was last year. But... I will tell you that it, the the thing that is the strangest thing for me is to read articles on KSL where it asks about growth and it asks about uh, about uh, new development and things like that. And I'm I'm reading through these and everybody is not for growth. They don't. They're not happy about it. They're not happy about more housing being built. And yet, at the same time, they're frustrated with with housing not being affordable anymore. And it's like, well, you know, I. I was an econ major at BYU. So it's like how do you how how do you prevent things from going up in price, right? You make more of them. And and it's I think supply and it, demand, it, it right? Ab- Classic. Absolutely is and and it has become so difficult. I've okay, so I served on the Pleasant Grove Planning Commission for 4 years 
And then I served on the Utah County Planning Commission for two more years after that. And and re, now I'm on the design review board or something, you know. So I, I'm pretty involved in, in city the city end of the development process. And I can tell you, I think that the number one problem that we have with um, affordable housing, uh, the thing that we can affect the most and the most quickly is is to help developers be able to develop faster. But the problem is, is that people look at it and they're going, oh, those rich developers, they're all politicians or, or whatever. They, they're just in it for the money, they're right? They're in it for the money. And you know what? Those guys, a lot of them do make a lot of money. Well, and I, they do have to make money or why would they do it? Exactly. But the, the point is, is that if we have more people than that want to buy a product than is available, then the price goes up. And that that's what we have. And we've had that for a long time. And we can correct that a little bit by making it more expensive to buy things. Um, and there are a couple ways that you can make real estate more expensive. One is interest rates, right? Yeah. So if they re- if they increase interest rates, which we're, we're talking about doing, and it's happening a little bit already, it, it is. It, I mean, and and it probably needs to because of inflation. Yeah, so sure. that that's how you slow the market down. You slow the economy down a little bit by increasing the interest rates that are still at record lows. Right. But if if they can do that, that might help a little bit. But the other way is that you just make more of a product so people aren't fighting over it so much. And, and you know, I, I know that a lot of people would really like more Toyota Tacomas to be built right now. Yeah. But they would also, we need more condominiums and we need more homes and we need more of everything as far as housing goes. And if you have more, then it makes it so that it... it, it People are not willing to bid it up because they'll just wait for the next one and the next one comes and it's fine. But the last house that I sold that was out in Daybreak, it had 11 offers and then we accepted one, a great offer. And the next day, the rate jumped a little bit and they backed out and we put it right back under contract for $5,000 more than we had it under contract for before. And it was already up by about thirty-five thousand dollars over the asking price, and this is in this is in February. Yeah, you know, and and so you you look at that and you're going, okay, we you know we really have a problem. We we sold a condo out there, a townhouse out there for six hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and had people fighting over it. And so you, you know, when when we're in a situation like that, and we see, like last year, we had about an average of 30% appreciation across the board on the Wasatch Front. And this year so far, you know, the the economists up at the U said that we're looking at probably a, a 8 to 10% increase. I, I think that we're looking at more. I think it's higher. Like, yeah. yeah. I think we're probably looking at 15 20%. I don't think. Oh, I 100% hope we agree. I think nationally that probably is true, but I think Utah is, is at the the top end of every national trend that's out there. We are exploding here in Utah. We, we are. And part of it is that, you know, I mean, people, you, you read the remarks and they're like, well, we have two, the job market is too good, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, <laughs> I guess it's too good. But I mean, it, 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 it's frustrating if you're trying to hire somebody. It is. And- Everyone's trying to hire. You go to any facility, any restaurant, any anything, Yep. hospitals it's everyone's hiring 
Everybody's hiring, but the problem is, is they're hiring at a, a price where people can't afford their housing. Right. And so, what ends up happening is, is we see inflation because what what ends up happening is, is now the the employer has to pay a little bit more money in order to attract a good candidate because there are a lot of other people that are also hiring. And that candidate is going to hold out for a little more money because they can't afford a house that's close to where they live. Uh, I, I mean, where they work. So we're I mean, that's where inflation comes from. That's what we're we're dealing with. But the way that you can fix that is by making more housing. And I feel like Vineyard is one of those cities right now that is being innovative. They are almost the entire city will allow accessory apartments. So that makes it so that people can buy a home. They rent that basement apartment. They use that as income or they rent the entire upstairs and live in the basement or it's becoming just a huge uh, mecca for students. Well, it, it, here's the thing, Heather. Last year, and this is one of those things that are, we're, right now we're in the middle of the legislative session. Last year, the legislature in Utah passed a bill that was House Bill 82 that allows, except in college towns that have a certain amount of people, you know, it can't be a little, you know, University of Phoenix kind of thing. It has to be like BYU, UVU. Uh, University of Utah, Weber State, uh, or Utah State, those are the cities that don't absolutely allow this. But even there, they're regulated. They have to provide a certain amount of area in their zoning code that allows for accessory apartments, and that's new. But everywhere else, Vineyard, for example, uh, Sandy, American for every other city, now you can have a legal accessory apartment. Now you have to live there, but the 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 city ordinance cannot override that. It's state law, and neither can your homeowners association. So your homeowners association can't say you can't have an accessory apartment. Now you have to live in it. You, you, it can't does, be a duplex. It's, it's, you have yeah, to be owner car- occupied. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not carte blanche acceptance of duplexes. Right. But that's one of those things. If we can get more units that are available, no matter how we get them, then hopefully that will protect our, our affordability a bit. Oh, for sure. And I think people are starting to get very creative. Uh, Drew, I know you, most of your kids are raised. Most of my kids are raised. You only have two left at home. And we talked about even before the show, you know, I probably would not let my kids rent from me or live in my home if they were married with their kids. Um, we're in a position where yep. we want our kids to learn responsibility. So even if we had to help them a little bit to have someone else be their landlord, or maybe we have to co-sign with them, just trying to help them be a little more Get independent. On yeah, yes. absolutely. And I think more parents are doing that because they are having to live in basement apartments or they are um, being creative and having their parents move in with them, um, you, you know, even middle-aged yeah. families, because they need that extra money to be able to even afford a home. Absolutely. For me, I think the only exception that I would have to, to that, I mean, for me, that's kind of a rule. Um, but the only exception is like if you're providing student housing for your kid. Right. Then, Absolutely. Then, then I'm okay with that because, that you know, they... They aren't able to qualify for housing on their own. So true. Today we have Drew Armstrong with UtahRealEstate.net on the show. I'm Heather Osmond, owner of Osmond Designs Furniture and Interior Design Stores. Today we're talking everything Utah real estate. We're so glad you joined us. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
It's the KSL Home Show, sponsored by Osmond Designs. If you like talking about Utah homes and real estate, then this is the place on KSL News Radio. show today. Thank you for joining us. If you are just joining us, I'm Lindsay Ertz here with Heather Osmond, who owns Osmond Designs in Lehigh and in Orem. Heather, how are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you, Lindsay? So good. Okay, we've been talking about Utah real estate. We've been talking about uh, affordable housing, how we have very little of it here. We have a situation where we live in a bowl, and so we can only go so far east and west without running into mountains, and so we're having to spread north and south, up, and I don't think we've gone down yet. Not quite. Down <laughs> We've gone in all directions to try to create housing. Um, but it's so interesting to me that, uh, you know, Drew Armstrong is with us as well. He's with uh, UtahRealEstate.net. You guys talk a lot about how developers um, are, are looking for creative ways to provide housing right now. Absolutely. You know, and Drew and I, this is a hot topic for us because Drew has served in city council planning commissions, design commissions. I do interior design. My husband and I have done a lot of development. I know, Drew, you and Matthew, your partner in your firm, yep. have also done a lot of development. And uh, so I'd say we're we're pro-development, but sure. within reason, right? Yep. We want our cities to be beautiful. So we don't want over-development. But this housing shortage in Utah, we have to do something. There's a desperate need for it. I know in Pleasant Grove right now, you are getting ready to break ground on a property. Let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, So a few years ago, um, when I was on the planning commission, a client called me up and they said, Drew, I need some help selling a lot that was right on Main Street. And I had just gone to a, um, it's, it's the APA, the American Planners Association conference that they send you to if you're um, involved in planning or anything like that, even as a citizen planner, which is what my job was with the city. And I had gone to some classes on what downtowns are doing these days Mm -hmm. and and, um, redevelopment of downtowns. And, you know, when I was going to BYU, I was involved in a business that was right downtown on Main Street in Provo. And I ended up being the secretary of the Downtown Business Owners Alliance. And so I've always been interested in downtowns. I, I uh, also worked with, uh, with the committee that was put together to save the BY Library or, or the academy and turned it into the library. And, and so I, I love historic old downtowns and I love that kind of feel that you get. You know, I mean, if you, if you go up into Holiday, I don't know if you've been to Holiday it's recently, amazing. but yes. it's, it's quaint and it's, it's cozy. It's, interesting mm-hmm. and and you can you know walk from your condo down to a nice restaurant or sit yeah. on the roof or the patio over it at, at right. Harmons after getting something at their little cafe and and you know property values there have skyrocketed more than other areas because what they have done as far as the development goes is so in demand yeah. and and so a few years ago I I put together a group and we built a building Right on downtown that has, it's a mixed-use building. It has a couple of storefronts, and it has four apartments upstairs. And um, we are in the process of doing the next stage of that where we're going to build um, five storefronts. The, and it looks turn of the century. It has to. The, the building code that we have in our city requires that it looks turn of the century, quaint, 
has a full brick face, interesting brick that uh, we're, we're trying to match what the existing old buildings that were there looked like as far as the look and feel of of them. So it looks turn of the century. And and we're we're going to build a multi-story building with about 20 housing units and five stores. And five that new is stores. so needed mm-hmm. in that area. Pleasant Grove is is one of those main streets that for a while there it was dying. Yeah, right. Was. There were a lot of very very great commercial spaces that were sitting there vacant, very run down. Just needed a serious overhaul. And I think yep. Pleasant Grove City has been very open to creative ideas to revitalize that area and i think yep. good on them and, and and this type of change takes a long time it does it, it, it does i mean the the code changes i mean there's still some that we've we've had to make and address in order to get this this particular project to work but um the the code changes that were made were made almost 20 years ago that are bringing around the the transition from what it has been to where it is now. But, you know, there, there are so many little businesses now where, you know, they're the like a quaint, nice storefront is perfect for simplicity that we have down there. And there's there's one that's called Truffle Cottage. that And the cupcake and shop the cupcake right shop there, and, cravings. Oh, my gosh. But the best. Half, Half of their business goes online, yeah. you know, or goes out the back door. And, and so they've got, they need a storefront. They like a storefront, but it's different than it has been in the past. And there's there's a need for having this kind of a, a situation rather than a strip mall that's over by the big grocery store. Right. And and, and rent is cheap. Yep. Right. And they so fill that's up great. so fast. Mm-hmm. They're, they're great. And, and then the, you know, we have not had one like even a week's worth of vacancy in our properties that are down there because people love living. I mean, they can walk to seven restaurants, yeah. you know, Hello. they can walk over to the park or to the library or anything. And, and, you know, that takes me like segues over to the the fact that we who are more involved in our cities and a little older and know our city council people and talk to them and stuff, we don't understand the young first-time home buyers as well. I mean, talk to your kids because they want to live in that type of a housing situation. Me, I wanted a house with a yard. When I was still in school, I bought a house with a yard and had roommates in my house with a yard. And and that's, of course, that's what I wanted. But the kids today, that's not what they want. That's just a burden for them. I think they want a dog and they want to travel. Yeah. Right? So they want no liabilities, nothing holding them down so that they can just go have fun. Yep. No, they do not want to mow a lawn. No. And and that was, you know, I mean, I look forward to that and to, to landscaping and all that kind of stuff. So It's crazy. Okay. I want to give a shout out to Central Bank. Talk about a local bank that has invested in the state of Utah and in our community. Central Bank is trusted bankers and they are loyal friends of our KSL show. They've been serving Utah County for over 130 years and they are proud of the history and sustained growth and security since the economy began to falter in 2008 since the economy economy began to falter in 2008 we have relied since the economy began to falter in 2008 they have relied on their own reserves by not taking any bailout or tarp money evidence that they have remained strong and safe and secure since 1891 they believe in continuing progress 
and is it is a direct result of their dedication to caring for the individual needs and communities in Utah that they serve. Thank you, Central Bank. We are running out of time. Stay tuned. You are listening to the KSL Home Show. I am Heather Osmond, owner of Osmond Designs Furniture and Interior Design Stores. We have Drew Armstrong with utahrealestate.net. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. KSL Home Show. Brought to you by Osma Designs. We open the doors for local home buyers and sellers with a fast moving show about Utah real estate and home design. Here's Heather Osmond and Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. into the home show. Thank you for joining us here with Heather Osmond. She owns Osmond Designs in Lehigh and in Warham and Drew Armstrong with us as well from utrealestate.net. I just sit back, fold my arms and listen to you two talk shop about Utah's real estate and affordable housing and what we need to do in Utah. So feel free. Lindsay, you're so awesome. You know, Drew Armstrong and I go way back. His partner, Matthew Flinders, back in the day over how many years ago? 25 years. 25 years. Yeah. Yeah, we're not saying how old we are exactly, but we started in real estate very very young and we were all newbies together in the same office and we were running around just trying to be puppy dogs and learn and absorb and and that means i've known you longer than i've not known you i know that's cool isn't that weird i know so So we have a lot of history lots of funny stories we've shared some of the the funny bloopers of selling (laughs) real estate if you've listened to a previous show um, that was a lot of fun. Sometime we'll have to just rerun that show because it was seriously one of my favorites. Yeah, or we could think up the or we, the ones that we could we got continue. Left out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot more to share. But today we're talking about affordable housing. This is a hot topic all across Utah, and I don't think it's going away anytime soon. It's not. And and you know, as I've been doing this for twenty seven years, and so the truth is is that I'm not. Like, I'm not a realtor who normally represents first-time homebuyers, but I, I do because I've got clients that I've worked for, with for ages, and they're like, here, help my kids buy a condo, yeah, you know? And sure. and so they send me out, and I go, I, I'm still very active in that market. Or I've got a lot of clients that are buying them as, I mean, I think Investment I sold, properties. Yeah, I sold nine to one family last year. That's awesome. And so, um, it, cause we can go out and find good deals and, and help them into it. And we, you know, I've done it myself. And so I can teach them how to manage contracts and, and how to protect themselves and all that. And so we've done that. But the, the thing that's tough is when you get this young family that's been saving for a couple of years and they've got $70,000 saved up so they can avoid mortgage insurance and they, they're all excited about it. And you're kind of like, geez, guys, you know, if you'd bought two years ago, you would have your seventy thousand dollars plus seventy thousand dollars worth of equity in your house or more. Or more. And, yeah. and it's so frustrating. You just can't even yeah. stay up. That's yeah. the biggest it, problem. You can't you can't save enough. The the equity is going up faster than your right. your ability to save. And then, and then we've got people that that I mean 
because they're saying, hey, get my kids a house. And, and it's like, well, okay, where are we going to look? Uh, and they're like, well, I, I like my grandbabies. You know, can they be kind of close? close? Yeah. And you're going, uh, your kids can't afford anything unless we go way out to the outskirts. You know, maybe yeah. we can, we, we'll go out to Eagle Mountain proper or, or way down in southern Utah County or in Magna or out in Tooele or whatever because they can't afford the stuff that is closer because there's not enough of it and people are fighting over it. And, and so it makes it so the prices have gone way up. Vineyard is kind of a neat little respite for Utah County because it's close to the freeway. It's close to transportation corridors. And it's such a big new area that, I mean, it's kind of like Utah County's daybreak. It is. And everything's new. And that younger crowd, they just love new. They love, it's not just new. It's the new style. That's what they want is they want, they want more parks and open space. They don't want to maintain the park and open space. They want close to transportation and close to amenities. And they don't care about the yard. And they, they don't mind living close to their neighbors. They, 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 they're okay with that. That's the way they've always lived, and they're comfortable with that. And they would, you know, they value being able to ride their bike over and get on the new front runner station that's coming more than they would would value a, a yard to to you know, let the dog out into. For sure. Or whatever. No, and my daughter, my oldest daughter actually purchased a home out there and she's just yeah. a student age. She's 23 years old. She owns her first home. We helped her get into that and she rents all of the rooms to other students yep. and she lives for free and makes money every month. It has a four car garage. It has a yard. It's a brand new home. I mean, she's got it going on and she's already you know, only lived in it for just over two years and has over $200,000 in equity. I mean, you can't even keep up working a full-time job to make that kind of money. Right. I, I've got a, I, I mean, we've got a really strange situation. We've got a yours, mine, and ours family and the family that I grew up in. And I've got a little sister. I'm, I am going to say how old I, I'm 52. Yeah. 51. <laughs> Gotta remember. I'm 51. But that but, would never happen to a woman. It's I'm hard just saying. To we round it down. It's hard to remember. <laughs> Once you get to a certain age, you're like, I don't it's even know true. what year it is. What, what year am I? Yeah. I don't know. But I've got a little sister who's 27. Yeah. She was born when I was in my second year home from an LDS mission, second year at BYU. And, and my mom had another baby, yeah. right? So I've got a younger sister. Her husband is a pilot for UPS. He's in his first year. They can't afford anything. This They sure. have a trial year and then they move on. And, and, you know, I've been telling them for five years, buy a house, yeah. buy a house, get on the bus because it will leave without it you. It will leave, yes. And, and and I think city councils right now are fighting that, right? They have absolutely. The, the established neighbors that don't want development they, they that are screaming yeah. loudly, I don't want that in my neighborhood. I don't want condos. I don't want apartments. I don't want assisted livings. I don't want accessory apartments. I don't want any of that. And then we have kids, my kids, your kids. Right. All of these younger generation, even investors, need that single-family home that is just turn and burn, right? It's so crazy because it's the same problem, mm-hmm. right? So it, it it's like mom and dad or grandma and grandpa are like, don't put that high-density housing. You know, I had that. So there was in Cedar Hills, right? It was actually in Pleasant Grove. It's right on the border of Cedar Hills and Pleasant Grove along Canyon Road there. There was a large parcel of of land that the school district owned. They had initially planned on putting a uh, a, a high school there, 
and obviously development went a little bit different and they didn't need it anymore and so about four or five years ago they, they the school district decides to sell it and one of the proposals now this was on the outskirts of pleasant grove where pleasant grove saw that as kind of a rural housing area or you know half acre lots kind of thing and I was the planning commission chair at that point, and all these people showed up because the developers that we had, we had two or three developers that said, okay, we're going to go in together. We'd like to make these really nice high-end townhouses yeah. out here. And what we'll do in exchange for changing the the density of the zoning and, and increasing that out here is we'll give the city several soccer fields that will line up next to the they had a, a park that's up there that has a pond you yeah. know and we'll give you these soccer fields we'll develop them we'll hand them over to the city it was very needed and and uh, I, I mean it sounded like a great idea and i know i mean i had siblings that were buying super nice high-end townhouses up by the new um well in midvale you know, and and they're really, really nice townhouses that are out there. And I was like, you know, that kind of makes sense. But the public clamor was insane. The, uh, the, the neighbors all showed up and they're like, we bought out here because we can have a cow. Right. And I, I, I walked through like two years later. It's all developed out into, I mean, like minimum by the time they had the houses built minimum sales price for a Rambler with an unfinished basement was like, you know, $600,000, maybe more than maybe that because more, yeah. that's what the developers had to get for the land. For and, sure. And, and so I'm walking through this beautiful parade home and I'm like, where's, where's their goats? Where, <laughs> where, where's the cow? Because all the neighbors said that that's why we were holding this to 20,000 minimum square, square foot lots. And it, I mean, it's just crazy. It's but- crazy. Okay. So this last couple of weeks, just here's a personal story. My Orem Osmond design store. It was originally zoned commercial. Right. It used to be a lumber yard. Right. We purchased it at an auction. It sat on seven acres. We sold the back five acres and paid off the store in the front two acres. Smart. It was awesome back in the day. Uh-huh. Then it was rezoned. Orem City did a master plan and rezoned these core areas by each of the stoplights on State Street. Spent tens of thousands of taxpayer dollars. Oh, probably hundreds. Probably with hundreds. Hours of, I uh, know. And, and it's not like those master plans are not done no. in a vacuum. They bring all the community in. Years and, and years of work, yeah. right? They rezoned my Orem Osmond Designs two acres that we have at higher than high density residential, which basically right. means I could have done a skyscraper, had to have commercial. A big condo project. Big yeah. condo projects probably similar to what they did on midtown village if you're familiar with that area and um just within the last couple of weeks there was someone um actually on another parcel just back behind our store that was trying to get a development through they turned in their application yeah i think it was like a half acre is what he owned and uh because it was zoned correctly he can do a seven-story building there (laughs) of course the neighbors just came out out of the woodworks and and like you're saying the city council it's zoned that way it has been zoned that way for several years the neighbors just realized what was going on and maybe didn't pay as much attention back in the day as they should have and now orem city 
has scraped their entire original master plan that they've probably spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on. And now my property is zoned commercial again. So there's some crazy stuff going on. You know, we all want affordable housing, but these cities are trying to be innovative and creative and and then they can't. Was this a function so of much... like how tall the building would have been or like because because clearly there's some issues there where like, you know, I live in an area where the view might have gotten blocked if a um, if a tall enough building was built. And so a lot of our neighbors were like no tall buildings. Right. And a lot of this is just on the State Street corridor. Mm. Right. So all of the, the residential homes are beyond that. But of course, we all want a buffer. Right. So we want the residential single family homes. Then we want maybe twin homes and then town homes and then and then, then of course, condo complexes or or commercial along those frontages. But Orem City, you know, their hands are tied and they even those neighbors made such a ruckus that even the Utah news organizations were there at the city council meeting and were pretty much there to publicize it to the to the entire world that they didn't like that. The problem is, is that you've got the same people that are complaining about the density changes that, that, that as our cities grow need to happen so that your children and your grandkids can live close to you. Are, they're the same people that are showing up and calling their elected officials that they elected and saying, don't you put this close to me. You know, you got to put it someplace else. Yeah. And and I mean, it it's crazy because, you know, the way planning works is that you generally try to put your highest density closest to the businesses, to the jobs, because it makes it so that we all spend less money on roads and we spend less money. On, we, we have less pollution because because they're, they're, you know, you, you don't Walkable. have to drive too far yeah, away. Absolutely. No. And I think the key to this segment is buy real estate if you can, because I think the moral of this segment is buy land because they're not making it anymore or buy a home, buy single family homes because they're not making them anymore. If you can get condos, if you can get townhouses, there is always a market for those affordable housing units. Um, we love doing this show because it's always so much fun. There's always great things happening in Utah. You're listening to the KSL Home Show. I'm Heather Osmond, owner of Osmond Designs Furniture and Interior Design Stores. And we have Drew Armstrong, utahrealestate.net. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. The KSL Home Show, sponsored by Osmond Designs. If you like talking about Utah homes and real estate, then this is the place on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into the Home Show today. Thank you for joining us. Lindsay Ertz here with Heather Osmond of Osmond Designs uh, in Lehigh and in Orem, and Heather soon to be another store at Traverse Mountain in Lehigh. That's the plan. We have all of our plans in engineering right now, and as soon as those are done, we will shoot them over to City Council, and you'll get to build this brand new store with us on the KSL Home Show. We're really excited about it. It's a mountain modern, uh, almost very uh, edgy, so to speak, a new commercial building there in the Traverse Mountain area on the east side. And uh, I think our Salt Lake clients are just going to love oh, yeah, that. As soon good. as we get that building built, 
we will sell our current Lehigh store, move all the staff and all the furniture over to this new store. Mm. We're really excited about it. I'll take Traverse Mountain store because coming all the way down to Lehigh is a little bit farther for me than Traverse Mountain. I feel like. It's like a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And we do a lot of Salt Lake business. I think it's going to be even more convenient for all of our people. It's super easy. Absolutely. We're really excited about it. No one has anything like it in all of Utah, so it's going to be good. I I saw the sign. We were going to Strap Tank. Yeah. And it's basically on the same little island that Strap Tank's on. And so there's there's this sign. I'm like, that's where Heather's new store is going to (laughs) go. So, yeah, that's cool. If you're just joining us, we are talking about affordable housing in Utah, Um, specifically that land. I looked for two years for that store location. Wow. And it it wasn't even listed. It's one of those knowing someone who knew someone who found out about it. And, of course, I picked it up. So I think that's the Utah market right now. It's just trying to get in there and, and have real estate agents like Drew Armstrong and his partner, Matthew Flinders, who are in the market, who know things that maybe hit the market before they officially hit the market. Well, the, you know, there's some of that. Some of it is that when, when things come up, I mean, it's it's so interesting because when you're an agent and, and you have a, a house listed and you get 11 offers, how do you choose the right one to, to pick, to, to move forward with? And the, the truth is, is that um, personal relationships, if everything else is equal. I mean, obviously, we're trying to get our clients the most money because they have to become a buyer on the other end, and it's hard to find a place. Yeah. And, but but personal relationships and really good lenders, if you've got a really great lender on the other side, I mean, I you know, when, when I'm looking through offers that have come in on a property that I have listed, I'm calling each of the lenders. And if I already have worked or done a couple of transactions, either with the agent or with the lender, oh my gosh, it goes so far. But it's it's like um, it, the inex- I feel bad for inexperienced or new agents or agents that don't rep. You know, I mean, the if you have a bad reputation, heaven help you in this market because you're not going to get anything under contract. So it, it's it's you know, I had a great experience with this guy before. We, it, it was great. Everything else is is all else is equal, so to speak. Then I'm going to go with that one. I'm going to help my clients see the value of that. And it's not just price. It's so much of it is is credibility and terms yes. and how how quickly can you close and mm-hmm. how how flexible are yeah. your closing dates? Because maybe that seller has a reason why they need to move in a specific amount of time because maybe that's the weekend that their other house is going to be able to be moved in and yep. that transition is so so important sometimes even more than money yeah absolutely a tra- transition or certainty you know if you can build some certainty into into the the um, transaction, transaction. Yeah. whether it be cash i mean matthew and i have bought i think we bought 11 houses last year cash for our clients with our own funds, then we sold their house, and then they essentially they bought the house from us. Yeah, is that so, what you have to do now? You, you know, it helps a lot because again, you know, a seller's looking for certainty. There was there was one house; it was an eight hundred thousand dollars house up in the top of Linden, and we bought that one, and we were the fourth from the top offer on that one, but. 
We made it. it I mean, I have a general contractor's license, too. Mm. So w- I looked at it, and I'm like, the only thing that's old that, that could be a problem on this is the furnace. And if it went out in the next two years, is that going to be a problem for you guys? Right. And they're like, nope, we love the house. And so I'm like, okay. So we made an offer that was not subject to an appraisal. It was not subject to uh, any inspections. It was not subject to anything. No repairs. Yeah. No repairs. Take it and, as and is. You pick the close date anytime in the next two months. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, how Sweet. can I not take yeah. that one? And <laughs> so Make it easy. we got it and it appraised for more than we bought it for. Well, and even experienced agents like you don't have as many listings as they no usually have because as soon as you put it on the market just like you're saying you have 11 offers so then you have no listings so if you are a seller it's a great time to sell if you are a buyer you need to be pre-qualified you need to have a big chunk of money to put down you need to have real estate agents like Drew and Matthew that will lend you money so that you can come in as a cash buyer. Right. I mean, that's a dream scenario yeah, for most for of these people because a lot of people have to sell their home before they can buy a home because they don't have the money from selling their home right. to buy the home. You know, at the end of the day, Utah real estate is just so much fun. There is never a dull moment on the KSL Home Show. Every single week, we get to talk about the coolest, latest, and greatest things. In addition to that, we have the 2022 Parade of Homes coming up right now. Currently, it's going in St. George. Utah Valley is right behind that. Salt Lake, Park City, Northern Wasatch. I mean, it's going to be a great year on this KSL Home Show. We're Are so great. Oh, we're, tr- we're trying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. We're yeah. drinking out of a fire hydrant like the rest of the state, but it, it's a great time to remodel your home if you're not planning on selling or buying a home. Make your home somewhere you love to be. Be on the KSL Home Show. See you next week.